We're vaccinated. Ish. We're half vaccinated. Yes. Each of us got our first. Get ready for hugs, people. I'm counting down. From Tara. Oh, yeah, they know. I've conditioned myself to not have hugs for an entire year. Now you think I want more? Pass. Yeah, Adam's one of the few people who spends time with me, and he doesn't like hugs. I may grace you with my presence. So I'm hug star. At least there's something for you to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Unless I've been gracing you with my presence in the past. I was talking to the listeners, not you. you you're <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I've been around you a lot, okay? <laughs> Tara's probably the person I've been around the most. And he's very pleased about it, if you couldn't tell. Yes, I just got an email. It says, thing. <laughs> it's from me. I literally got my first shot yesterday. Yesterday, yeah. When did you get your first shot? Sunday. So almost a week away. I'm a little bit sleepy and I have a little bit of a headache, but when am I not sleepy with a headache? But I think the sleepiness is probably from the shot. On Monday, I came home from work and took a two hour coma nap. And I don't sleep solidly like that. I'm a light sleeper. And where I'm staying, I definitely have not been really sleeping at all because it's bright and loud and not my own space. She's pet sitting. I'm She's pet- not sleeping on benches. <laughs> not anymore. I'm just kidding. <laughs> So, so yeah. we're a little bit low energy today. But you know what? We'll find we will ourselves. We'll persevere and <laughs> make this happen. And also, luckily, today's chapter is about sleeping. There is sleeping that happens in this chapter. Yeah. It's the dream. Oh, also, we're basic snitches. <laughs> Hi. In chapter 28, I forgot to choose a winner or loser, so I'm going to do it right now, off the top of my head. Loser of the chapter is Snape, because... Because he exists in the because series, he exists. that's the one that Terry No, the yeah, chapter before is Madison of Mr. Crouch, and Harry is, like, oh. trying to get to Dumbledore because Crouch asked him to get Dumbledore, and Snape be in the way, like, fucking always. I know you just did this off the top of your mind, but you could have given the chapter loss to Mr. Crouch, you could have given it to Igor, you could have given it to Hagrid. But I, mean, I you're not going to give it to Hagrid. I but she's going to give it to Snape because it's Tara. No, but I think there's a good argument for Snape. They bring it up in this chapter, and yeah, he's an asshole, but I feel like it's par for the course. Winner of the chapter is a dual win. Is it Victor and Harry? Yeah. I was about to say Frank. I was like, he died in the first chapter. Harry and Victor be trying to like do the thing that they should be doing. You could have just stopped it. Harry and Victor be trying. I would have accepted that. Okay, well, my explanation was going to be good, but okay. Go ahead. Nope. Nope. America, explain what you mean Arkansas. That's from a vine. She's looking at me weird. I was just saying, I think that it was good that they were trying to discuss normal teenager things and Victor trying to figure out what's going on because he was confused and I liked the camaraderie. They got interrupted by crazy shit. And then sheer minutes later, Hagrid's like, fuck camaraderie in all these other countries. Yeah, everyone is like all over. Harry, don't be friends with this guy. Yeah. Very Very tense. All right. Why am I looking at my notes? Your thing isn't in my notes. We're tired. Yeah, it's not uh, a very good thing. Because Tara wrote it. Because I wrote it. <laughs> Chapter 29, The Dream. The trio try to figure out what the fuck actually happened between Crumb and Crouch. Hermione reminds the boys again that you cannot fucking apparate on Hogwarts grounds and maybe they should read a book for once in their lives. After a suspicious run with the twins, they go visit Moody and learn that he did not find Crouch even with the help of the Marauder's Map. Harry receives a disappointing letter from Sirius basically telling him off for trying to make new friends. Ron suggests cat abuse while trying to help Harry learn new jinxes for the third task. Then it's time for Adam's favorite class, which is clearly not Harry's. Why can't you say the name of this class? She won't even say it. She's like shrugging. Because he falls asleep and has a crazy dream. Then he wakes up screaming. Well, he's not bored now. 
the little shrugging lady that was Tara two minutes ago because she's literally wearing a purple shirt just like Tara is right now. Actually, it's not purple, it's blue under this light, but anyways. But under the light, maybe it's blue, but it's actually purple. Oh, I thought it was blue and it looks purple under the light. This is that, like, that stupid dress. Oh, man. <laughs> he, he tells Trelawney he's going to the hospital wing, but lies and goes to Dumbledore's office where he guesses Dumby's password in like two minutes and then gets to eavesdrop on a private conversation. His favorite thing. This was actually very all-encompassing of what happens in the chapter. It's very traversal. Traversal? Is that a word? It's a word now. Traversal. Okay. Like, it's going from one place to another without too much in it, except for the dream, which is, of course, the most important thing in this chapter. It is the name of the chapter. Which is unfortunate, because, once again, that chapter in the past was not called Hagrid and Madame Maxine Fuck in the Woods, even though that was the most important thing that happened in that chapter. <laughs> We're getting a lot of inconsistency here. So, like you said, this opens up with the kids basically recapping what happened in the woods with Crouch. And kind of right off the bat, Hermione's right and Ron is wrong. Hermione says something along the lines of maybe somebody came and attacked both of them. Which is the truth. And then Ron is like, maybe Victor attacked Crouch. Ron is, I think, still very bitter about Victor. And Ron's just being stupid on top of the fact that he's bitter. That's probably true. In this chapter in particular, I think that Ron is being really illogical. I think he's just jumping to conclusions, hoping that something catches on. It's like when you just kind of throw everything and maybe something will stick. Yeah. It's very Ron in That's this chapter. That's very much what it is. This obviously isn't right now, but later when Moody tells Hermione that she could be an Auror too. Mm-hmm. And Ron's just starts saying stuff, hoping that he'll say the same thing. And they're like, Ron, you've said zero important and smart things today. Stop. Or yesterday, or this entire <laughs> year, let's be honest. Every this... now and again, Ron says something. We won't take all of it away from him. This isn't Ron's book. I think all of the smart things Ron says don't end up on the page. Ever. They're obviously having these like conspiracies about, okay, what happened, what didn't happen. Like you said, they're constantly like apparating, apparating, apparating. And Hermione has to say it like multiple times. Y'all can't apparate off the ground. So when I was writing my thing, I started to write, she says it no less than five times. And then when I went back through the chapter to try to actually count the number of times she said it, I got frustrated because then was suddenly unable to find any except for the one. And I'm like, I know they're here. I just, my there, brain doesn't work. There's definitely So I cool. just, I just changed it so no one could be like, Tara, she only says it six times. Um, also, like if y'all are going through her things and trying to tell her that she's wrong... That's my job. Yeah. Here's the other thing. Like, not in just this scene. Hermione is constantly saying these things. The reader Maybe already Maybe Hermione knows. had used the time turner to travel forward to 2017 or 2018, where she watched the Crimes of Grindelwald movie, where they clearly show people apparating to Hogwarts. <laughs> you just answered the next question. When does the movie fuck this up? Because I was like, there's some time when somebody apparates to or from Hogwarts. Maybe in the past you could. This is a weird time continuum yep. that we have going Welcome on. Welcome to Harry Potter. The other thing that does happen here when they're doing these conspiracy theories, Harry says the same thing that you said. What if Snape didn't hold him up? That might have been like just enough time for them to get down there in time for them not to be attacked. So they were thinking the same thing as you. Well, duh. It's very possible. You know. That would have saved time, yeah. 
it's not like Moody slash Barty Crouch Jr. was actually on site right there. Mm-hmm. Well, and then I think Ron even says something like, well, what if it was Snape? Was there enough time for Snape to run down there? And then, yeah. then they get into back into the apparition. And they're just like, okay. Then amid this conversation, the twins kind of come in and there's this blackmail sort of situation thing going. They're about to send this letter, and they're talking about it being blackmail. And then there's this whole other conspiracy thing that's going on, which isn't super important, but of course we all know what it's about. And that is Luda Bagman. Yes. It's not super important to kind of like dive into, but it's still good to kind of bring that up and keep that through line going. Well, I also think that it's an interesting conversation that they have about how Hermione and Ron each view the twins and like how they compare Percy and all of that. Because they were talking about Percy before and how she was like, Percy would never sell his family out. And Ron is like, eh. yeah. and then she's like, they would never do that. And he's like, eh. and then, and, but are, doesn't I assume it's Hermione because it's the Hermione thing to say. Well, like maybe you should tell Percy. Yeah. And then Ron, oh, this is where Ron says something that I think is right. Where Percy would probably like immediately be like, no bitch, and like shut that down. Yeah. God, does he know his family. I mean, I know there's all these theories about Ron being a seer or whatever, and like how in divination his predictions actually come true in some way or another. There's a bunch of stuff about that. Ron kind of gives us a lot of foreshadowing on Percy and the twins in this book. I think it's more inclined that like Ron has observed. I mean, he's he's the youngest out of all of them, all the boys at least. Yeah. And I think that he probably had a lot of time to like really see and like how they behave and everything. Well, and Percy and the twins are closest to him in age. As much as we feel like sometimes that Ron is not self-aware, I think Ron is actually very self-aware when he thinks about himself versus his siblings. Mm -hmm. He thrives to not be like Percy. And then he looks at friend George and he's just like incapable of any of that kind of like natural confidence that they have and the Mm -hmm. easy popularity. And it's funny because Hermione is an only child. God bless her, because she's just like, family is like, She has a very innocent view of a lot of things. I actually really appreciate when we get those moments where Hermione is still a kid. And she still has that, like, trust in a trust in adults. To be honest, some of that is, like, this house elf stuff, too. She has this very innocent view without, like, realizing Mm -hmm. that there's something deeper. Speaking of something deeper and speaking of Percy, no, I'm not about to talk about butt sex. What I'm about to talk about, though, is how this web of ministry people talk about one another. And this actually happens in the next chapter, but I want to bring it up here because we are talking about Percy. Percy has already kind of had this opinion about Ludo Bagman. Mm-hmm. In the next chapter, there's this little flashback to Ludo Bagman saying something like, oh, I'm going to get a job at the ministry. And then getting talked behind his back by Barty Crouch being like, the day that Ludo Bagman gets a job at the ministry is going to be a terrible day or mm-hmm. something like that. That makes me think back to, okay, what are the private conversations that Bagman and Percy have had about Ludo Bagman? Did I say that wrong? It's a lot of people. The conversations no, that said Crouch... I thought I said Bagman. I don't know. Y'all know what I mean. Crouch and Bag. Crouch. You you know how to edit. My point of bringing that up in both of these chapters, both this one and the Pensieve, which is next, there is just this, it's not like a love triangle, but it feels like that. And it feels like several triangles on top of one another where like this person thinks this of this person, which makes this interesting because this person did this. 
between Bagman, Crouch, Moody, Igor, Snape. That's where we get into this is what this person thinks of this person, mm-hmm. which you've brought up a lot. We'll talk about it more in the next chapter, but it's interesting to bring Percy into that because it does shed that light on Percy then and what he thinks of Bagman. Then Moody comes in somewhere. Do they go see Moody? They go see Moody. They were letting him get his beauty rest. <laughs> That's right, that's right. Because they're like, like, we don't want this fucker to attack us if we wake him up too early. Yeah. Where was he sleeping? I don't know. On a bench, just like you used to do? Honestly, I would sleep on a bench right now. I'm tired. I think he was just sleeping where he sleeps normally. In his bedroom? They went to Moody's bedroom? No, I think they went to his office. But I think he probably wasn't in his office early. And I think that all of the teachers' offices are like connected to where they sleep. Because in the sixth book, Harry goes to see you fucker. I swear to God. That's right. Here he goes. See you, fucker. Actually, Bentley is like licking the back of her head or something. He's like chewing on my hair. You can pick him up and throw him on the floor. Um, <laughs> no, Harry goes to see Slughorn and Slughorn is totes sleeping. So I think that their bedroom is like behind their office or something. Well, in this case, I like to think that they <laughs> somehow found Booty's bedroom and they are there and he's like, I'm trying to sleep. But by the way, Hermione, you would be a great or. And then, and then That's he, exactly how that goes. And it's not he, awkward at all. He's also like, oh, by the way, Harry, you're going to win the third task. I know you will. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge with his like roly-poly eye. <laughs> and then he falls back asleep. That's important to bring up because he's like, you better win this because that's why I'm here. And then they get a letter from Sirius. And Sirius's letter is also like Hagrid being like, don't make friends with Victor Crumb. Series has felt different to me, and it was more so don't trust anybody, not just don't trust Victor because he's a foreigner. I don't disagree with what you're saying, especially because the tone of the letter is nice to be like, oh, he's actually being godfatherly and, and mature and whatever. I think that too. But it rubs me the wrong way, the whole, like, we're just automatically assuming that Victor Crumb is not a good guy. I think it just shows the blindness of these adults and how... They make these assumptions. Also, Harry was with Crumb and they ran into Crouch and Crouch was acting like a fucking psychopath. Sirius isn't like, wow, Crouch could have hurt you and, you know, it's a good thing you and Victor that were together. That is true, because it That's was a... more about Victor and him having a conversation. And Sirius knows about Crouch's history. Well, I think he also says this because he knows more about Igor's history too and Igor is connected to Victor. Mm-hmm. That's why this feels different That's to me. That's fair. Whereas Hagrid's thing was like, they're foreigners. And Sirius's thing is like, uh, there's obviously some dangerous stuff. Victor is connected yeah. to dangerous people. After all of that, Harry's reaction is like, how dare he lecture me? But Harry was thinking the same stuff about Sirius coming up here because it was dangerous for Sirius to come back up. Then, of course, again, in the next chapter, we learn that Dumbledore was like behind him coming back up. Oh, yeah. This is one of those other moments of like Harry being teenager angst and being like, hey, you can't tell me what to do. Yeah, that's fair. I'm very quick to jump to Victor's defense because he's so not bad, you know? This has happened in other parts of the series too already where Mm. people are like, things are getting dangerous, Harry. You need to like calm the fuck down. Yeah. That's where I think Sirius is coming from. Between Moody and Sirius, there was a lot of, oh, you have to practice for the third task. Yes. And so they're doing all these spells. They're doing what I assume is stupefy because it's a stunning spell. Yeah. The 
Impedimenta is the one. That's that, another one, yeah. That Hermione's like, ooh, I'm going to like that one. There was like a banishing spell. There was a whole mm-hmm. bunch that they're just kind of practicing in general. The thing that I got most here, other than the little fun thing about them constantly stunning Ron. Like, right, and then he's like, Hermione, you can do it. She's like, actually, Harry's good. Yeah, he's fine. <laughs> he's had enough. I do like that. And he, then he mentions like stunning Mrs. Norris and Dobby and all of that. First of all, Ron doesn't need any more brain damage. He's already said some stupid things in this chapter. Also, sure, they don't have Quidditch, but this is still a lot. They still have homework and classwork and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And he does have to do all this prep for this maze as well. It's just, it feels like a lot to focus on. So it's a good thing almost. He's got a real busy schedule. It's like... High school students today, what the fuck? How do they have time to do anything? Yeah, absolutely. I'm like, I had a job that I worked a lot. I was involved in a lot of school activities. Mm. I had a boyfriend. I was not the best student on the planet, but I was able to get my shit done. I was able to have like do nothing Mm -hmm. time. They don't have that. I think back to high school and like college, I rarely had downtime, I think. I mean, that's probably not completely true, but I do look at everything that I did back then and I'm like, whoa, like, how did I have time for anything But else? they don't. Even, they, like, terrible students have zero They down. don't time, though. They don't either. So this is another issue with curriculum and stuff, and this isn't just Hogwarts. I think it's, like, these yeah. days, too. I am reading a book called When. It's about, like, managing your time better, and it talks a lot about students, if they shifted their schedules around, like, for example, it makes no sense for high school to be be earlier and elementary school to be later like usually elementary starts more close to like 8 8 30 mm-hmm. and high school starts earlier like 7 it should actually be backwards and it's because of like how the people at those age ranges operate that early in the morning and when they're more alert and things like that of course that's the same thing for adults too so the other thing that kind of was a through line between children and adults is like taking breaks and how like recess is actually a part of education because they need those breaks to kind of recharge these three aren't getting any breaks whatsoever oh and i remembered like i got at least 25 minutes at lunchtime i feel like kids get like 15 minutes now Really? Yeah, they have... 15 minutes? They get significantly less than we get. Yeah, that's, like, bad. That's, like, a bad education decision. Wow. That's ridiculous to even think about. Just in general, like, the way that everything is handled for them. Yeah. And, I mean, just, like, us on the job, like, it's good to take frequent breaks. Like, if you time yourself, the 20-20-20 rule, where every 20 minutes you look at something 20 feet away for 20 seconds to, like, kind of, like, refocus and get your eyes off of the screen and stuff. But there's something to be said about, like even having lunch away from your desk. There have definitely been times where I do have lunch at my desk, but for the most part, I try to like get away from it mm-hmm. because you need that space to recharge. A weird little sidestep there. Well, basically what we're saying is that they're, they got too much shit to do. They've got too much shit to do for sure. I mean, who knows? It doesn't make any sense for them to be like, and then they took a break for 20 minutes. But it does feel just like a lot to like have to worry about and stress about. Yeah. After the spells, they go to Trani's classroom. Yes, they do. Cue the music. She mentions Mars. She talks about some other stuff, too. I think it was, like, Mars entering a certain house or... Isn't Mars the god of war? Yeah, basically. So Mars is the planet of, like, aggression and male energy. So just something to think about in this moment. There's going to be a showdown soon. Between some men's and a graveyard. Right after this, then we get the name of the chapter. He has a dream. 
He does have a dream, and it's just very intense. So I have questions for you, because sure. they're like, oh, congratulations, something is done, but also, you kind of fucked up, skinny dick. They're talking about Crouch, right? The good thing is Crouch. The good thing as in, like, he's dead. Yeah. I'm not sure what exactly it was that Wormtail did wrong. I think it's just that Skinny Dick is an idiot. There was some issue. I mean, I'm sure we're probably going to find out. They can't put that in there and not reveal it later. I don't know if it had to do with Bertha Jorkins, the thing that he fucked up. Maybe. Because that was the other thing, or was this like a throwback to Bertha Jorkins? But I don't think so, because we later learn in the next chapter again that (laughs) Dumbledore is like, it's very highly likely that this actually happened. Mm. It felt like it was more in real time based on his other dreams. Crouch is obviously the big high ticket mystery item right now. That's what I assumed. But then I was like, what did Skinny Dick do? I'm not 100% certain. What did Skinny Dick do sounds like a middle school mystery novel. Does it? Kind of like Harriet the Spy and the Hardy Boys. And, and what did Skinny Dick Brown. do? <laughs> Encyclopedia Brown and what did Skinny Dick do? Someone want to write that? I don't know. Who's the Alexa, who wrote Encyclopedia Brown? The Encyclopedia Brown books were written by Donald J. Sobel. Donald J. Sobel. Get to it. What did Skinny Dick do? Harry is screaming. His scar hurts? Yeah, well, he's screaming because um, Wormtail's being... Cruciated. Cruciated. Crucioed. Crucio. Crucified. Yeah. <laughs> That's he's probably screaming. the root for, of Crucio when you think about it. I just thought of that. I'm so proud. Oh, thank you. I took linguistics in college. So I was going to say etymology, but no. And then Trelawney's like, oh my God, what happened? Right, Tell she's just dream. like, oh my God, well, you're, I need to know. She is very interested. She, she's super, super into it. And honestly, I kind of don't blame her. There is something to like <clears throat> dream theory. He's in divination with the divination teacher who... She could have probably helped him, but it, I mean, Harry does not trust her no. whatsoever. And again, I don't, I don't know that it's Harry doesn't trust her. He doesn't know what to do with her. He doesn't see how she can help him. Right. I think in this moment at the very least, it's a shock to be a kid and wake up after that dream and your scar right. is hurting like that. Right. And also, like, you are in front of your other classmates. Yeah. This poor kid. Another Another Harry outburst. Right, everyone's just like, ah, fucking Harry. And he's like, I just want to be a normal kid. Yeah, he does exactly what I think is the right thing to do. He goes straight to Dumbledore. I think it's good that he told Trelawney that he was going to the hospital wing because... Again, like, this goes back to something I said about Trelawney earlier. I think she has confidence issues. I feel like if he were like, I'm going to Dumbledore, that would have... Yeah. ...weird her a little bit, maybe. I see that. Plus, you did just have a child writhing in pain in your classroom, so maybe you should have been like, hey, regardless of what just happened and the divinational qualities of it, let's go see Pom Pom. Maybe you should make sure the student is okay, not be like, ooh, what is this? Yeah, seriously. So that's fair. I love that he, like, gets there and he's just like, Dumbledore fucking loves candy. That's the password. Dumbledore fucking loves candy. That is, that is the password. And so he's rattling off all these different candy pipes and he ends up with chocolate cockroaches and he's like, whoa, sorry, Dumble, but I guess you like those too. He's like screaming. It's like sugar quill, cockroach cluster. The gargoyle sprang to life and jumped aside. Harry blinked. Cockroach cl- Cockroach cluster. Wait, say cockroach cluster? We haven't even had wine. Well, a cockroach cluster. Cockroach cluster. I know a whole bunch of people that I could call the cockroach cluster. I could have sworn that his response was cockroach cluster seriously, but it's not. That's just my brain working. It's like, I'm only joking. Is it? Much is more it really- <laughs> <laughs> And I'm just like, that should be his response because Sassy Harry is totally there. 
perhaps like a little bit of a high stress moment and everything. <laughs> yeah. They go into the office and guess what? There's another candy bear by the name of Fudge and Fudge is racist. Fudge being racist, but first Harry's be like, ooh, I get to eavesdrop on shit and it's great. Good. Just like everybody do in this entire series. He has the like glass up to the door. Right. One of the many cups in this fucking series. <laughs> Fudge is automatically going to the situation where, oh, it was Madame Maxine because she's half giant. Giants are destructive, yeah. violent assholes. Really? That's what you want to jump to? And it says so much about the ministry and how they handle things. Yeah. It does sound like if he were to have any real control over this, he would just throw people in Azkaban yeah. for no fucking reason. Absolutely. There's a child screaming outside. <clears throat> there is a child screaming outside. No more on that child. Anyways, yeah, that's totally it. And I mean, hey, art mimics reality, I guess. Cause... Yeah. And then they're basically like, we're going to go in the woods. And then Woody's like, we are uh, being eavesdrop dogs. Potter's over there just fucking listening in like he always does. Also, I got a magic eye. I can see through all kinds of shit. Fuck, Mary kill. <laughs> all right. This is a kind of a fun one, I think. So when they're practicing their spells for the third task, mm-hmm. they stun slash recommend stunning three different things. So what we're fucking and marrying and killing are not these three things but the act of stunning these three things. You're getting real complex here. So it's the verb. We're fucking the verb. Okay. Cool. So performing a stunning spell on Ron, performing a stunning spell on Mrs. Norris, and performing a stunning spell on Dobby. Okay, really like, just because she's an annoying bitch, I'm just going to go ahead and marry stunning Mrs. Norris. Okay. I'm going to fuck stunning Ron. Because you know what? Sometimes you just got to do it. And I'm going to kill stunning Dobby because Dobby is Dobby. He's precious. He's precious. My answers are very, very close to yours. So I'm going to also kill Stunning Dobby. Also, he's like, why don't you stun Dobby? I'm sure he'll be fine with it. Uh, that's rude, okay? I am going to marry Stunning Ron. Because he needs it all the time. Because he's a little shit. <laughs> and it feels comfortable <laughs> and lovely. And I don't really want to stun a cat, but this is a bitch cat, so I'd fuck with it. So she's a pain in the ass. Well... I was gonna say she's Filch's pain in the ass, but we all know that that's Snape. Alright, let's talk about this movie. movie. Most of this is not in the movie. Um, yeah, so the part that's in the movie is Harry going to... Going into the office. To the office. But there's like this time gap that we don't understand. So the last thing you see is him finding Crouch's body. And then the next thing you see is him like going up the stone gargoyle, being like, whatever. And Moody and Fudge Packer and Dumby are all like chatting about Crouch being dead. They already know. So clearly this time has passed and Harry's not the one telling them about it. So it's just, it's very weird. I don't understand that. It's just like the weird time pass from like end of second task. He finds Crouch dead. That was very sudden. And then, yeah, they have this other thing because it almost feels like he's going up to Dumbledore. Be what we named the first episode of the season. I found a dead body. I would like some wine, please. What if that is what happened and Dumbledore was like, good job, Harry. Have some wine. Would you like a red blend? Would you like a red blend? (laughs) Yeah, it's very strange because it's like, why are you going to see Dumbledore in the 
first place. Like, it's not really... Especially because it's not like he summoned you there because then he gets there and they're like, we gotta go, we'll be back. Now, my only thought is the reason why he goes to Dumbledore in the book is because his scar is hurting. And when he does go to see Crouch, when he does go to see Crouch dead, when he discovers Crouch dead, he is, like, clutching his scar, which really doesn't make any sense because what it plays out as is that his scar hurts when Voldemort is near or there's something bad happening that Voldemort is doing or the connection is the Voldemort not with discovering dead people. What I will say about that is I think that maybe they're trying to make the point that he feels it when Voldemort has very strong feelings and obviously Crouch's death is good times for Voldemort. This is what he fucking wants. <laughs> He's like, yes, this is what I like. So perhaps they're showing that Harry is having the pain in his scar because Voldemort isn't that very happy. Be. That's convoluted. I don't give those. I think it's convoluted credit. too, and I don't. I mean, think... hey, it's possible. Yes, I don't think I'm right. You're just but trying I to give can, it them the benefit of the doubt. The benefit. The benefit of the doubt that they do not deserve. I, I try. I'm trying real hard. I'm trying to be a nice person. Well, the it's movie too sucks. hard for me. I'm really. The not. movie doesn't deserve that. <laughs> So the other thing associated with this is that there he does bring up the dream that happened at the very beginning. This is actually technically the next chapter, but yeah. It's like after the whole Pensieve moment. But I want to bring that up here because he did have a dream in the chapter in the book. It's very weird. It's also like, okay, why are you bringing that up now? This far into the school year? Once again, this is all convoluted. And the movie is like all over the fucking place. Fuck Mary Kit. I'm not fucking. No, who <laughs> did that? Bad. Points. Time for points. I'm not giving or removing a lot of points at all in this chapter. Again, I feel like this was a very transitionary chapter with some nice little nuggets. <coughs> I'm actually going to give Sirius 10 points mm-hmm. because I do like his letter. I don't think it's him being racist or saying anything against Victor per se. I just think it's like, Harry, you got to be careful. And he's being a good godfather. He is. Even though Harry don't like it. Harry's like, you're not my real mom and you never will be. And guess who I'm taking points away from? Ron. No. I mean, Ron says stupid things, but again, par for the course. Fudge Packer. Fudge Packer, negative 20, because he is racist. He is racist. And like, Madame Maxine didn't do anything to you. Maybe that's why he's being racist. He's like, I wanted Frenchie over here to suck my dick. But yours is too tiny, because he likes the big old Hagrid salami. Speaking of penises, next time we're reading the Peensieve. Yeah. The Pensieve. Chapter 30. Wow. Fucking chapter 30. 30. chapters. We still got lots of chapters left. We still really do have a lot of chapters left. The first book was 17 chapters. We're at chapter 30, and we still have eight after that? Yeah, I think it's nine right. or something. I, well, there are a lot of chapters in this book. You know. <laughs> you know if you are familiar with Harry Potter. I don't know if you've read this series, but um, the books get bigger. Busby entered. Busby entered and Tara had a freak out. Now I have to clean a stain off my couch. We'll see you guys next time. We're going to eat pie and she's going to harass my cats. Hi, Buzz. Basic Snitches is recorded and produced by Adam Bowers and Tara Corkery. Edited by me, Adam Bowers. And published by me, Tara Corkery, and available wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening. Please review and rate us five stars on your app of choice, and be sure to share us to all of your other friends who love Harry Potter and getting drunk. Oh, don't forget to follow us on social media. Sometimes I update that. Basic Snitches on Instagram. Also, we have a Facebook page. And email us anything you want to or specifically answers to our questions on our segments. 
Basicsnitches at gmail.com. But don't send us dick pics, please. That's nasty. But do send us liquor. Thanks. Yeah. Alohomora! Oh, now people can get into your house. They're on their toe! But they don't matter because now you're a water goblin. Bye. Bye.